Assalamu alaikum ladies and gentlemen, hungry Muslims and curious people. Welcome back to another episode. And now our intro. You're the only one that does that. <laughs> when I do the introduction, I just let it play. But then when you do it, we play the introduction. Okay. Shall I redo it? No, I'm going to do the introduction. I'm going to put it in. Yeah. Amazing. Dear listeners, here are your fantastic hosts, Sumi and Samya. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back, Samya. Hi, Sumi. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. How are you? I'm just hungry. Always alhamdulillah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> super hungry. It's now 2.30, so we have a bunch of time to go. Yeah, a bunch of time, definitely. Um, so, we're back with another episode, and today we are going to answer the 36 questions from the book Sam is working on. So, let's get started. I don't have the questions, so she's going to ask them. I have the questions. <laughs> so, basically... There's this study done by a group of psychologists at, I believe, Berkeley. And they've made this list of questions that makes you understand someone better and make an emotional connection with them. And yesterday we talked about marriage and dating. And these questions are really handy if you want to get to know someone very, very quickly. So it's a long list of questions. We might split this up into episodes. We're not sure yet. So, Sumi, are you ready? I am ready. I think so. Okay. So... These questions get gradually more in-depth. So the first set of questions is just like a general idea of who you are. So question number one. The last question rips your soul out, basically. Right? Exactly. It's really It gets really emotional at the end. Okay. Question one. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? This is really complicated, but I wouldn't go for any stranger at a I admire because that's just the surface. There might be terrible people. I mean, we just like, we mm-hmm. put them on a pedestal for their work, but we don't know what kind of person they are. And I think I've been working in communications for long enough to see skeletons in so many people I admired, like skeletons in their closets. So I'll probably pick my dad because he's a pretty funny guy. And he loves me. <laughs> That's really nice. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll do my husband. Because he's nice and he loves me. So question number two. Would you like to be famous? In what way? If yes, in what way? Um, To be honest, I don't like the idea of being famous. In the sense of being in the public eye. But I would like to be well yeah. known in the field in which I work, but I want it to be like uh, because of my work or because something I came up with, something I've written, something um, like as a the contribution I made to society. Yeah. That's my end goal in life. So that's really nice. I would want to be a very famous stand up comedian. Oh, that's the one thing that, that I would, would be great. love to be famous for, just to make people laugh. So question three. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say and why? No, I never do because if I start rehearsing, then I'll start overthinking and then anxiety will kick in and I would never make that phone call. And sometimes it's crucial to make phone calls because otherwise there's no other way to solve things or clear things out. So no, I never do. And then after I had that phone call, I'd be in my bed, you know, (laughs) replaying it. Thinking it it. over, yeah. (laughs) Replaying it and uh, thinking about how better I could have said something. 
I'm the exact same. So question number four. What would constitute a perfect day for you? What would constitute a perfect day? Um, warm temperatures, not too warm, a bit of breeze. Um, nature and seaside doesn't have to be very sandy, just good enough. Um, coffee, fresh bread. Um, what else? Jelly or... Um, cocoa spread and then a swim or two laying down um sunbathing reading a book a good one and then having a shower to take the salt off um (laughs) this is a very detailed day wearing a nice dress and go for dinner um while the sun is setting. Ah, oh, that's really nice. Mine is April 25th because it's not too hot and not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. That's a reference to a movie. Oh, nice. You know April 25th is a national holiday in Italy? Really? What day is it? It's Liberation Yeah, it's Liberation Day from fascism. That's so nice. Well, see, <laughs> being liberated by fascism see, is connected. a very good day. There you go. Yeah, we're always say one way or another, fascism. It's always about fascism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Question number five. When did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? I don't sing to others, but I do sing to myself. And I think the last time I did that was the last time I took a shower. There you go. Uh, same. Uh, sometimes I sing for other people. And the last time I did that was, I think, a month ago or something like that. Yeah, I haven't been to karaoke in a long time. I really miss it. Nice. Question number six. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? The mind. The mind of a 30-year-old? You mean the mind of a 30-year-old as in, like, never aging or, like, having, like, your brain still active? Yeah, I find this to be a complicated one because I was thinking about it and I was like, well, some people are really young of mind at 90. Same. So let's not let's not assume you get like I think they mean that you're protected from dementia or Alzheimer's. I think yeah. that's what they mean. Yeah. If that's what they mean, absolutely the mind. Same because I was thinking about well, if you get brain damage, then you can't move your body. So then you'll have your thirty year old body, but you can't move it. So this is like a yeah, exactly a complicated one. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Mind. And I have examples in my life of. Over ninety-year-old people uh, having starting to having like difficulties moving and being super slow and whatnot, but still, since um, their brain is fully working, they're still like reading and doing their things and like to talk and have company in the house and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not surprised that we picked mind. <laughs> Question number seven: Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? No. No. I, I would like to think that I would die in my sleep. I think that's a great way to go. Yeah, that's a great way to go. Just um, shave your head out, go to bed, and then die. But to be honest, I don't. Honestly, I'm not the kind of person that thinks much about death in general. Really? No. Huh, my dad always said that being a Muslim means that you have to think about death all the time. So does mine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a dad thing. I'm pretty sure that our dads know how they're going to die or have an idea of how they want to, want to I, die to I, I don't. Um, 
Like, I don't think about the way I'm going to die. Maybe I phrased that wrong. Do I think about death? Yes, I do, but not much. Like, I had, like, life things that made me realize things and how, like, everything could end in seconds. And that's what I have fixed in my Just death head. in general. Yeah, exactly. But not the way you're going to die. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So question eight. Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. Or you and your co-host in our, <laughs> in our thing. So we both wear a headscarf. We both like clothing. Yeah, and we have similar upbringing. Upbringing. Uh, similar background studies. Mm-hmm. And... I guess also like similar creative hobbies. Yeah, that's it. We both studied, you know, humanities and stuff like that. Yeah. So exactly. question nine. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? I know your answer. Panatone. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> so what are you most grateful for? Um, the conditions in which I live and which I was brought up. Because, like, everything I can do right now is due to that. And there is some privilege in it. Yeah. And I know that not everyone gets that. Exactly. I'm grateful for being Muslim. Because it gives me a lot of strength. And grateful for ex- the exact same thing you said. Yeah. We have incredible privileges when it comes to the places we were raised and the people we were raised by. Yeah. And our circumstances. And our circumstances. Question 10. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Extended family. <laughs> Just think of extended family. I would change. Well, I think this is very common in a lot of Muslim mm-hmm. families, especially with, you know, immigrant dads. I feel like I would love for my dad to have sooner found the positive effect of okay. vocalizing okay. affection. So saying I love you or being comfortable with saying I love you or just a, a hug. That'll be great. So that's the only thing um, that would change. On that front, I was lucky in the sense that um, my dad has like <laughs> multiple personalities <laughs> in the sense that yeah. I know that depending on the circumstances, he plays a different role. He's like a talented actor. <laughs> no, he's a comedian, yeah. A he's talented a comedian. one. And an actor yeah. as well. Um, and I know that Chameleon. Oh, chameleon. You're like a yeah. chameleon. Sorry. <laughs> he's a comedian. Yeah, he's a chameleon. And <laughs> given like the circumstances, um, he would change. And something I I it's something I noticed like growing up. Um so yeah, he understood the importance of telling your kids you love them. And he always did that with us, but we shouldn't have expected him to do that in front of certain people in certain circumstances because that wasn't the case you know and I remember that from a certain age onward and I think it was because we were growing up he explicitly told us if I tell you I love you or I hug you or I kiss you they won't understand that's really nice though that he's so aware of that and the importance that plays in life so question 11, uh, take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. Well, 
this we only have a 20 minute podcast and this is going to take eight <laughs> minutes and we've told you a lot about our lives and Sumi and I know each other fairly well so we're going to yeah. skip this question we can skip this question uh, but it's a really good question it's a very good question yeah. so question 12 this is the last question of this first set if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability what would it be learning super fast that is something I'm trying Ah. I'm trying to learn, like learn as much as possible at a fastest pace possible. It's like a sport, but for your brain, that's something I crave. You would be an Olympic learner. I would be an Olympic learner, exactly. You see, mine was going to be know the Quran back to back because I always think that's such a cool thing to be able to do. But then if you have the super fast learning ability, you can do that anyway. Exactly. So I need to think of something else. Well, I think fly, you know, is like the most cliche thing. No, it's not cliche. It would be so cool. Like flying? Flying is so cool. Because I know how I yeah. feel whenever I'm on an airplane, you know, and yeah. I like it. Like if I, if I were able to do that on my own, to see that, you know, on my own, and, and I'll get to see more than what I see from a window plane. So I would love to do so that. It's very good for the climate. If yeah. you can fly, you can just travel very climate neutral. Yep. Because you don't need a car, you don't need a plane. So... I will save the planet by learning to fly. There we go. Yeah. So that's the end of the first set of questions. It's going to get deeper from this on. Yeah. Very deep. So stay tuned. And how are we going to say bye this episode? Uh, This time we're just going to say bye. Okay. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.